jumper on the way. He hits, and it's a three. It's a franchise record, 54 for Carl Anthony Towns. Wolves cast, audio on demand. Gibson struggling to get it in, finds Wiggins. Andrew around a town screen, inside of midcourt, launches the three, at the buzzer, banks it in. Andrew Wiggins has won it at the buzzer. Lots it up ahead. Tyus rises up and slams it with the right hand. Taj Gibson with the defensive play of the game. It's over, it's over. Celebrate Wolves Nation. Welcome into Wolves Cast Audio on Demand. John Fokey alongside Cal Sotoquist. And coming up on this episode, the T-Wolves gaming squad preparing for the NBA 2K League draft. We'll check in with Sean Vilvins, their head coach and general manager. Get all the details on that. And uh, take a look at this squad as they get ready uh, to get the season underway April 2nd. Plus, Josh Akogi, he was back in his hometown earlier this week. Solid performance in an overtime loss to the Hawks. We'll hear from Josh and get to know him a little bit better in his own words. But first, Cal, you know, normally in this opening segment, we kind of break down some of the trends of what's happened over the last week or so, kind of look ahead to uh, what may be happening on the horizon. But we've got a special opening segment because one of the trends that we've seen over the last couple of games has been, or last couple of weeks, I should say, has been big blocks by Minnesota's defense. Right before the All-Star break, you had a Kogi with a huge stuff of James Harden. Of course, Harden was absolutely cooking at the time in the process of 32 consecutive games scoring 30 or more points. And then coming out of the break, you had Anthony Tolliver with a big break, a big block on Giannis Antetokounmpo. So uh, before you and I begin our discussion, <laughs> Alan Horton and Derek Rose had this same discussion uh, earlier this week. Let's uh, take a quick listen. AT on Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. and Josh Okoge yeah. against James Harden. Yeah. Which block was more impressive? Oh man, you gonna do that to me, man? Uh, they might be the two blocks in the not only for the Timberwolves all season, but the two best blocks in the NBA this year. I love year. Josh. I love Josh, but I gotta go with my old vet right now, man. At um, with the block on Giannis is either you was gonna die during that play or survive, and he survived. <laughs> the amazing thing is those come against two of the top MVP candidates in the yes, league. I mean, yeah. with Giannis and, and James, and you just don't see those guys get blocked like that. Yeah, exactly, especially with it's both players, James and with Giannis being down the hole, but AT really gave his all for that play. And um, I, I think everybody was surprised when he went up there and got it. So D-Rose siding with his veteran, uh, Anthony Tolliver. What's your take, Cal? Better block. A.T. on Giannis, uh, a potential, if not front-running MVP candidate, or Josh on James Harden, who, again, a front-runner for MVP? Well, I'm going to have to agree with D-Rose, no! I think. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it could go either way, certainly. But here's the thing, and, and for better or worse, we could spend a whole podcast arguing about the and social media <laughs> dynamics of this, but when Anthony Tolliver does go up, like Rose said, uh, there's a huge risk involved, and and I don't know how active AT is on social media, but if you do get dunked uh, on by Giannis on that play, you may never hear the end of it. I mean, that's a Sports Center top ten play uh, for potentially weeks to come. So whether or not it's fair. The risk involved in going for that block was immense, and the fact that A.T. got it, I think we can't even understate the fact that he avoided that poster. Uh, 
uh, and instead became sort of the victor of that mid-air collision. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Anthony Tolliver because it was an amazing block. I thought his timing was great. He caught it at the apex. There wasn't you know, anything that you could look at and say, oh, there was contact. That was a foul. I mean, that was as clean a block as you could get. Uh, what I do want to say is if you watched that full game, Giannis didn't have his hops in that game. I mean, he missed a dunk at the rim. He wasn't operating on on full cylinder, and he missed the next game due to knee soreness. So AT got a uh, just a slightly lesser version of the of the uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo that has been dominating and dunking on guys all season long. Josh Okogie on James Harden. This wasn't meeting a guy at the rim. I mean, that getting a block at the rim is impressive blocking a guy on a three-point step-back shot where they are the master currently at that shot to me is more impressive because when you guard a guy like James Harden, what you want to do is take up his space. You want to you know, get in his jersey, make sure that his shots are difficult. You have to do that without committing a foul. And he's really good at getting you to commit those fouls. And he's good at bringing his arms up through the contact. He's good at leaning in. And the other thing that Harden does so well is you know, with that step back, he leans in, steps back so quick that even if you think you're right in his jersey, all of a sudden, boom, there's a foot and a half, two feet of space, and he's got a clean look. So a Kogi, you know, moving his feet, locked in, in the jersey, as Harden steps back, he vacuumed up that space and then got high enough to block the shot as it's leaving Harden's hand. So, yes, uh, the block against Giannis was impressive. Give me a Kogi on Harden any day of the week. Well, it's a 1A, 1B scenario, <laughs> certainly either way. but And, and also, too, for a Kogi to kind of utilize, I think he mentioned this, that he utilized the shot clock. You know, you mm-hmm. can look down the other end of the floor and see it at the top of the hoop, and he knew that Harden only had a couple seconds, so he was able to time it just right. He knew Harden was looking at the same thing behind him, so impressive timing, certainly. Yeah, either way, I have watched them not 100, not 200, but (laughs) 500 times uh, so far. All right, good start to the show. Cal will return. We'll go three in the key preview the next uh, upcoming slate of games for Minnesota, but coming up next, T-Wolves Gaming is on the clock, sort of. Uh, The NBA 2K League draft is coming up next week. We'll get the details from Sean Vilvin, head coach and GM of T-Wolves gaming right here on the timberwolves radio network experience the pack like never before with the official mobile app of the minnesota timberwolves whether you're at home at target center or anywhere around the globe the app is your remote control to all things timberwolves head over to the app store or google play to download it now welcome back to wolves cast audio on demand john Foki with you here in our target center nba tonight studios still to come we've got rookie josh akogi in his own words Kogi back in his hometown as the Wolves faced the Hawks earlier this week. We'll give you all the details and hear from him. Plus, Cal Sotokosa rejoined me as we go three in the key. But first, the NBA 2K League draft is rapidly approaching. T-Wolves Gaming holds down the number 11 pick in the first round, so figured it was a good time to check back in with coach and general manager Sean Vilvins to learn more about the league and to look ahead to the draft in the start of the season. So when you look at esports on the whole, what 2K brings is the opportunity to play five-on-five in a team environment, uh, very much like real basketball. You have five players, each on a controller, each playing part of a team in the game. So I think that it brings a different level of competition, a different type of eSport atmosphere to it. The other games that are team-oriented have a tendency to be more fantasy RPG, where this is this is basketball. So they get to play as prefab players with their faces scanned onto them. So it, it brings some excitement to it from the personal level. And then, you know, because of the accessibility to it, because anyone can play the game and if they put in the time and the practice and 
increase their skills enough they can try to become a professional too so i think that's kind of that's kind of where we're at you know the excitement and the uniqueness about the league is because of those factors well and you talk about growing your your game and working on your skills a lot of guys and and girls did that in the draft combine and so that is in the rearview mirror uh what did you guys learn uh through that combine about some of the players that might that are eligible for this upcoming draft so we are still actually in the scouting process right now the draft being march 5th we have gone through and we have advanced analytics on all of the players. We have traditional stats as they went through the combine. We are able to go back and review film and see if the numbers match the eye test. And then we go through an interview process where we've targeted X amount of players and we we call them up and sit down and do an interview with them and ask them all of the tough questions to find out who they are because we want to bring in specific types of players here. We want to bring in people that are uh, motivated and competitive and serious and, and understand the opportunity that they have. So through this whole process, it's been great. It's bittersweet because there are 200 in the pool and only 74 will be selected. Mm-hmm. So it's it is definitely exclusive in you know making it to the league. But the whole process is very much like real basketball in the sense that you're doing the scouting, you have all the numbers, and you're sitting down and interviewing with these with these potential draftees, and you can hear the excitement in their voice, and it's 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 just really fun. It really is. Well, and the draft is coming up March 5th, as you said, at Barclays. Now, I, I know you're not going to be able to give us uh, kind of too much information, but what are you looking for in terms of maybe that first-round pick and uh, really just filling out this roster behind the two guys that are already here? So the two guys that we have, Feast and Hood, are – versatile. They can play one through three or three through five. So that gives us the ability to be diverse or varied in our approach to that first round pick. We have the 11th pick, which isn't ideal. It puts us in the middle. Um, but, you know, we'll look at best player available. We'll look, we'll go by position, see, you know, where they grade out. And then based on what's there and what we have, we'll, we'll make it a, dis- a decision based on that. But really, even more than what we see skill-wise, it's going to come down to personalities because the biggest thing in teams is gelling, it's chemistry. We don't want to have to deal with a lot of drama. We want to be able to get in and work and compete for for championships. There are three different tournaments, not counting the playoffs. There's the regular season, and, and we want to compete to win all of those. So we want to make sure we bring in those right personality types that also have the skill. We're really kind of looking for those unicorns. Um, they're out there. We just hope they're there at 11. You mentioned Feast and Hood. You've had a chance to work with these guys now for the last couple of months. What have you learned about maybe their personalities and their games that have you excited to have them here? So both are extremely competitive, and that's awesome. As a coach, having been a longtime coach in real basketball at AAU and at the college level, you want your guys to be competitive. You want them to be driven. You want them to want to win and take it serious. So that aspect is off the charts. I love that about both of them. They're different in personality styles. Mihad or Feast is a little more reserved. He's a little quieter. Brandon or Hood, he's a little more out there. He's a little more vocal. Uh, And I think they really work well together. So, you know, getting them together in the season and then surrounding them with four more players that complement and can really push us in the right direction. It's really going to be an exciting season for us. And as we make our way towards, you know, the draft and and opening night and everything else, I guess how great to be here in the community and get a chance to interact with T-Wolves gaming fans and, and help grow this team and this league. 
Oh, it's awesome. Everyone here, we there was an event at Mystic, an esports gaming event, where we went and took part, and we did a pros versus Joes, and getting out and shaking hands and meeting people in the community. There's there's an excitement swelling here, and I think that's great. So once we actually get out and they can see us on the court, and it, and it becomes more real, so to speak, as opposed to an idea right now. Once it becomes more real, we expect it to continue to grow. So, I mean, it, it's really, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to getting the ball rolling. That's Sean Vilvins, head coach and GM of T-Wolves Gaming, the Wolves NBA 2K League team. The draft is set for March 5th at Barclays Arena in Brooklyn, but the season gets underway April 2nd. For more, be sure to follow them on Twitter at T-Wolves Gaming. Keep it right here, Josh Akogi, in his own words, next on the Timberwolves Radio Network. The Timberwolves are back, and so is College Night, presented by U.S. Bank. For select home games, college students can get upper-level tickets for $10 by using a valid.edu email address online. Visit Timberwolves.com college for more info. Minnesota Timberwolves, all eyes north. Wolvescast continues. John Fokey with you here. Coming up in our final segment, got a busy stretch of games for Minnesota with three games in four nights on the way. Cal Soderquist will break it down as we go three in the key. Earlier this week, Minnesota suffered an overtime loss at Atlanta. Marked the first game back in his hometown for rookie Josh Akogi. Yeah, it's definitely special. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, being back here for the first time, back in my um, city where I went to college and uh, around the city where I, where I grew up. So it's definitely going to be big. Um, like I said, being able to play in front of a lot of family and friends. They don't get time to actually travel and watch me play in Minnesota or other states. So it's definitely going to be a lot of energy in this building. The Rook was solid, putting up 15 points, pulling down four rebounds. And now we get to know Josh a little bit better in his own words. Josh Akogi, what is your favorite part about what you do and why? My favorite part about what I do is literally the thing I've loved to do as a hobby is now my job. What are your favorite fl- ice cream flavors and or toppings and why? My favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla because you can put any toppings and it will make sense. What was the last thing you watched on Netflix and how was it? The Office, considering that I've watched it for three times now. What is one thing you're confident you're better than all your teammates at? Madden on Xbox. What is your favorite day of the year and why? September 1st because it's my birthday. That's Timberwolves rookie Josh Akogi right there. and Maybe we get some of the guys from the T-Wolves gaming to challenge him to a game of Madden, and we'll see how good Akogi's skills really are. All right, be sure to keep it right here. We'll wrap it up with three in the key. Cal Soderquist is back next on the Timberwolves Radio Network. The season is here, and unforgettable experiences are just waiting for you and your group. Catch the pack in action and get in on pregame performances, player high fives, photo ops, and more. Find your experience now at Timberwolves.com groups. Minnesota Timberwolves, all eyes north. Wrapping up Wolves cast, John Fokey rejoined by Cal Soderquist. Busy stretch coming up here for Minnesota, but really it's been incredibly busy since uh, the All-Star break ended. Time to go three in the key and take a look at these uh, next couple of opponents for Minnesota. Cal, what do you got this week? Well, we're back to our regularly scheduled format this week. Three key players, two key stats, and a key matchup. And as you've mentioned, three games and four nights. It all starts on Sunday in our nation's capital. So we will start with Bradley Beal. First chance the Wolves will have to see Beal and the Wizards this season. And he has really stepped up in the absence of John Wall. It's It's been sort of a career year for, for Beal since uh, the start of the season. But How about specifically his month of February? He's averaging 31 points, seven assists, five boards, one and a half steals, shooting better than 50% from the field. 
and nearly 35% from deep. So in terms of answering the bell, I think we can give Beal an A grade in that sense, even if the Wizards are struggling. Second key player is Paul George, another guy who has really heated up in the month of February. He might be at the very top of the list when, when you consider this. Uh, he's second among all players in scoring for the month, and if you still don't believe he's an MVP contender, check this out. Paul George, one of only two players in the league so far this season with multiple games of 20 or more points, five or more boards, five or more assists, and five or more steals. John, I'll give you a chance to name the other player who's done it multiple times. Carl uh, Anthony Towns? No, no. Wow. Uh, another MVP candidate, though, James Giannis. James Harden. Oh, James. O only two guys in the league who have done it more than once. So impressive to consider all the different ways on both ends of the floor Paul George has impacted the game. And uh, finally, our third key player, Wolves will be in Detroit on Wednesday, Andre Drummond. We know by now this guy is just a 20-20 threat every single night. Uh, fresh out of the All-Star break, he did post already his 10th 2020 game of the year. 20 or more points, 20 or more boards. And those 10 times already this season, that is a single-season career high for Drummond. And the most for any player since a former Timberwolf, Kevin Love, had 11 wow. such games back in the 2010-2011 campaign. And, of course, plenty of time for Drummond uh, to match and then potentially surpass K Love. So uh, keep an eye on that matchup inside Carl Anthony Towns and Andre Drummond on Wednesday. Two key stats now. We focus on the fourth quarter. Uh, Reggie Miller, I think, would say that's winning time, right? And we saw the Wolves carry a nine point lead into the final frame earlier this week on Wednesday in that unfortunate setback down in Atlanta. And they will need to again be on full alert on Sunday because the Washington Wizards, they lead the NBA with a 115.5 offensive rating in the fourth quarter this season. They've already had three different fourth quarters with 40 or more points. That is also tied for the most in the league. So these guys, no matter what your advantage might be through the first three quarters, uh, keep your guards up. It's incredibly impressive because Minnesota's had 40-point quarters, yeah. period, this season just four times. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Washington, for whatever reason, able to flip the switch. Our second key stat 123. That is what the Oklahoma City Thunder are averaging offensively for the month of February. 123 points per game. It's tops in the NBA over that span. They also boast the NBA's sixth best offensive rating over that same stretch. So for all of the talk about that suffocating OKC defense, and certainly it's there, it's still ranked third best in the league over the course of the entire year. It seems like the offense might be uh, starting to catch up. And if that's the case, Look out come postseason. One key matchup now as we close things out, Josh Okogie against Russell Westbrook on Tuesday here at the Target Center. We've spent a lot of time talking about, uh, with the Robert Covington absence, all the difficult matchups that Josh Okogie has had as far as assignments. And there's maybe that small chance that we get Rocco back, but we don't mm -hmm. want to jump the gun on that. That would be fun. It still would be a ton of fun to see Josh Okogie have to slow down Russell Westbrook. It's obviously going to take a full team game plan but let's see if Josh can't pull off another one of those uh, top-of-the-key, perfectly-timed blocks on Russell Westbrook. That'll be a lot of fun. Get your tickets at Timberwolves.com. The Wolves will be rocking their hardwood classic jerseys Tuesday against Oklahoma City. That'll do it for this episode of Wolves Cast For Cal Soderquist, I'm John Fogey. We'll talk to you again next week right here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. This has been a presentation of the Timberwolves Radio Network.